Welcome to our podcast, Rev Sarah Shares, as we continue our series on why was Jesus crucified? Looking at him being a revolutionist around the topic of love your enemies. A really challenging text in the current climate, but is there something about love, God's love, our love, that is fundamental to the Christian faith? We encourage you to listen to our scripture reading and then the reflection as it is shared from Sunday morning from the 3rd of April 2022. Thank you to Anne who brings us our reading today, following which is our reflection. Luke chapter 6 verses 27 to 36. Love for enemies. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who ill-treat you. If anyone hits you on one cheek, let him hit the other one too. If someone takes your coat, let him have your shirt as well. Give to everyone who asks you for something, and when someone takes what is yours, do not ask for it back. Do for others just what you want them to do for you. If you love only the people who love you, why should you receive a blessing? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you receive a blessing? Even sinners do that. And if you lend only to those from whom you hope to get it back, why should you receive a blessing? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. No, love your enemies and do good to them. Lend and expect nothing back. You will then have a great reward and you will be children of the Most High God. For he is good to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Amen and may God bless this reading of his holy word. It is perhaps a very familiar passage that you've heard and one I'm sure you've heard many a sermon, reflection, thought upon and perhaps even today it will be a reminder of that which you've heard before. But perhaps there's also a new challenge in there for us, especially in this complicated world in which we live on the back of a pandemic that has shown perhaps once again the unfairness around our world but also on the back of a war that is happening in our media and in reality. So I come to this passage of love your enemies, well aware of Ukraine and Russia and how we might interpret that passage. But that's not where I want to start today, but I want to acknowledge that reality. I was actually tempted when I was working out these different headings for our series, I really wanted to call Jesus a hippie. And I wonder what comes to mind when you think of that word. And some of you will have a perhaps more realistic understanding than I do. I couldn't quite decide if it was allowed because there are connotations both good and bad. Asking a bunch of colleagues, I got a really mixed response. Some were really up for it and some not so much. Hippie, for me, conjures up images of long straggly hair, long straggly beards, particularly on the mane, 
uh, tie-dye clothes, Scooby-Doo style vans, and well, love for all. But then there is, of course, the kind of drug image that comes along with it, and maybe that would be a step too far. So with help from a colleague, I went with the term revolutionist instead. And I'm not against that term. I do actually genuinely think it's a really good fit. And to be fair, this uncompromising message of love your enemies was pretty revolutionary, especially when the audience concerned are an oppressed people. Excuse me? You want us to love the Romans? I mean, don't you know who they are, what they have done, what they have taken, how they treat us? Really, Lord? And then see that Zacchaeus, the tax collector, he's just upped our tax bills again because the cost of heating's gone through the roof and he wants to be able to pay his bills and not give up his lifestyle. You want us to love him? Jesus' yes to that is unequivocal. Not only are we to love our enemies, but we're to go the extra mile, turn the other cheek and help them out. I wonder as you heard that passage read for you again, thought about the Oscars that happened earlier this week. Could you imagine Chris Rock turning and letting Will Smith hit him on the other cheek? As a huge fan of Will Smith, I am gutted for him. And yes, I feel for Chris too. Many of us have pondered the rights and wrongs of that situation, tried to justify actions and find blame and all the rest of it. And I'm not going to pass comment on that situation. Plenty of people have. But I know what I would tell my children. Violence doesn't solve anything. But I also, also understand the urge, and I've heard it said, if you're being bullied, just hit them back and they'll leave you alone. A head teacher even once said that to me when I was a target at school of bullies. Just wallop them, he said, and they'll leave you alone. Exactly. This passage, teaching, has always had a really powerful influence on my life. In fact, it probably is one of the foundational blocks of my faith and how I understand life as a Christian. And it's a blessing and a curse that as a general rule, I am capable of loving the unlovable. I do have my limits, mind you, as I hinted at earlier, there are people I would really, really not want to be stuck in a lift with. And it tends to be arrogant people. They get the hackles up on the back of my neck. My love levels drop dramatically and I get really feisty and fired up. And it takes the grace of God to keep me civil in their company. I have tried, but boy, it's hard. And I might, when I see these particular individuals come, be a bit like Chris if he sees Will in the distance, turn and walk away pretty quickly. I'm well known for collecting waifs and strafes. I forgive easily and I move on quickly, which usually means my temper tantrums are quite flash in the pan and I don't hold grudges. And I struggle to comprehend people who do. I stand up for the underdog every single time, which is really annoying to people around me. So I probably actually do a bit more damage by that. And my poor husband has had to put up with a lot. I defend more than I blame, which means certain hurts can take a long time to heal because I cannot always comprehend the depths that some people stoop to. 
Yeah, I truly believe that this is what marks us out as Christians. I suspect if I gave you long enough, you could think of people that you would class as enemies. It's not a word we use really easily in today's language, but there are those people that you struggle to love, those people you don't want to be around, those people that have hurt you in some way, and they would all come under this heading of enemies. We don't need a holier-than-thou attitude. That's not what I'm talking about. And it doesn't mean that we're doormats either. So this isn't anything goes and that you just love somebody and it doesn't matter what they do, what they say, that, you know, it's not that. And I would hope that through this wee series that we've looked at, we would actually find some kind of understanding that Jesus isn't a doormat. He's not a pushover. He stands up against injustice. He's passionate. He's empowered. He He's far stronger and far more powerful than we often give him credit for. Love your enemies is about grace. It's about power. It's about restoration. It's not wishy-washy anything goes. It's hard work and not without its simple pleasures. What do I mean by that? Well, when you truly get to know me, you'll realize that Not only can I love and not hold grudges and all that jazz, but I'm also a bit twisted as well. And I always, always have been. I am renowned for finding creative ways of dealing with difficult people or situations. And I do quite often get my message across in some way or another. And the twisted part of me loves this other text that we find in scripture. The scriptures also say, if your enemies are hungry, give them something to eat. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. This will be the same as piling burning coals on their heads. This text, based on the teaching of Jesus and the burning coals from Proverbs. And it's a touch of the, what you might call the passive aggressive. And so, yes, Yes, I have to admit, loving my enemies at some point or another has often included that slight love of heaping burning coals on their heads. I'm not entirely sure what that makes me. But what I want to try to illustrate without sounding too twisted is it's not as simple as loving your enemies. It's not as simple as it sounds. Jesus calls Herod a fox in the first passage that we had today. And it was a known insult and an acknowledgement of Herod's character flaws. Sorry, But the text goes on to show that Jesus is also not afraid of him. So loving our enemies isn't about, isn't about weakness. It's about knowing who we are in God. It's about our identity. It's about security and confidence. Jesus will continue to do what he came to do and he'll do it in his own time. He's not being run out of town, not even by Herod. Of the utmost importance to Jesus is to follow God's call in his life. So God determines the timings of Jesus. We can love our enemies, but not let go of who we are or what we are about. 
Love for our enemies might be helping them to find the right path, or it might be about standing our ground. Jesus reminds us that good people with no sense of God or other or divine being or whatever you want to call it, can easily do good to those they love. We know how to be good. Rather, Jesus pushes it that wee bit further and says, we are not to seek revenge. Elsewhere, we're told that that belongs to God alone. So, for example, the challenge that Chris Rock faces is the call to revenge and whether he chooses to answer that. Whenever we read a story about someone's car being stolen or a house being broken into or some other criminal activity on social media, you will always find in the comments below calls for revenge, name calling and so on. Of course, justice is required, but justice is not the same as revenge because revenge is rarely about justice. It's more about our heart pride than healing or restoration. So in this season of Lent, as we rapidly approach Holy Week, we are challenged again by God to consider justice and revenge, even love for our enemies, because it affects our relationship and how we understand our relationship with God. So it's not just about how we treat another, but that very unique and special relationship we have with God. For whilst we were still sinners, enemies of God, he died for us. Paul reminds us in Romans, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he goes on to say, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. You see, this love revolution wasn't just about our everyday relationships, but it was also about that relationship we have with God whilst we were still sinners. God didn't wait until we were worthy or perfect before Jesus died for us. Can you imagine, just for a moment, the love that Jesus had for his enemies as they bade for his blood? Crucify him, they call. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out amongst the scoffers. The people Jesus wanted to gather in like a hen gathers her chicks, yell for his blood, for his life. The Roman governor has him beaten up. The soldiers mock him with a crown of thorns and royal robe. And he is nailed to the cross, the cruelest way known to man to kill another. And for the Jewish people made Jesus less than human. And yet, and yet those immortal words escape his lips. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Love your enemies, epitomized in a moment so tragic and so beautiful that your heart breaks and your soul swells.
Could you imagine if God went for revenge, not justice? Or hate over love? None of us would stand. Not a single one of us would be left. Indeed, none of us can stand before the throne of God without Jesus by our side. We are made one with God because of the love Jesus had and continued to have. Jesus could have walked away at any point, but he doesn't. As Paul says, don't let evil defeat you, defeat evil with good. How we love our enemies, whether it be those who are close to home or work colleagues or perhaps those just out of our actual reach like politicians or world leaders or those who prey on the poor and the vulnerable, how we love our enemies is what truly marks us out. Again, it's not about pious do-goodery, but about genuine love. And it's challenging. I, I know that. I know that. I'm just as human as everybody else. Picking on poor Paul again. But remember, he really went through the mill and was a prisoner on numerous occasions and knew what it was to love enemies. But picking on Paul again, remember that infamous passage about love. Incredible passage about love. I might be able to move mountains or preach all things, shout the loudest, do the most, even become a martyr. But if I do not have love, I am just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I can do all things. But if I do not have love, it is worthless. Or, as we like to say, you can be all fur coat and knee knickers. Love. Love is absolutely the foundation of all of this. We love, John writes, we love because God loved us first. And now these three remain, faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love, not faith, not hope but love. The greatest commandment Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. And for good measure, love your enemies. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Everything that we are and about and should have written large and our constitutional statements should be plastered over our churches, our websites, wherever, is love. Pure, holy love that drives out fear. I could go on. I really, really could. And I could quote scripture about love until it was coming out everybody's ears and you wouldn't be able to stop. But I won't. God loves you. God loves me. God loves the world. For God so loved the world. See, I'm off again. And when we are loved, when we are loved, it is truly easier to love others. And the source of our love is God's love for us. 
We just might need some divine intervention when it comes to loving our enemies. God loves you. May you know that in your heart, your soul, your mind, your body, your strength. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen and I hope you found it encouraging and inspiring. It is a joy to be able to share with you in this way. And as I've said before, we look forward to developing this form of sharing God's word more widely. We do look forward to hearing from you and do look us up on the internet. Do drop us a message through all the usual social media channels. Otherwise, I wish you a very blessed week and I look forward to joining with you next week as we enjoy Pam Sunday together. God bless you. Until the next time. Bye for now.